Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. There was once a boy and his little sister arguing. Stop me if you heard this one. But these two were arguing about which one of them were their parents' favorite. This went on for hours as they gave their evidence. Remember that fishing trip dad took me on? Well, he's never taken you fishing. And a little girl saying, remember that mom has poured out her love on me this way. We go shopping. We do this. I clearly am the one she loves the most. Well, the older brother thought he was wiser and he was going to figure out a way to end this conflict. So the older brother walks into his little sister's room and he says this. He says, listen, I know something that you don't. And if you tell anybody that you heard this, I'll deny that I said it. But I overheard mom and dad speaking a while back and you are adopted. You are not even their true child. So obviously obviously they love me more than you. Well, the little girl didn't really buy this from her older brother. She was smarter than that. And she didn't want to be one-upped by her brother. So she thought about it for a second. She replies to him, well, I also overheard mom and dad speaking about this as well. And I don't mind being adopted because that means they meant to have me. You, let's just say, were a surprise. (laughs) You see, This silly little story brings up a great point. Adoption sometimes gets this bad connotation like it's something less than. But if you really think about it, adoption, if you really think about it, that's what true love is. Meeting somebody's needs regardless of what it costs you. See, it's such a sacrificial and a beautiful thing to me. On the one hand, it's it's sacrificial because it's, someone assuming responsibility for another human being's life. And if you've been a parent for very long or have grandchildren like me, you know the cost, the time, the money, the energy, and everything that goes into pouring into a child's life as you raise them. But it's also what makes it beautiful. It shows that sacrificial love that someone could just have for someone even though they were complete strangers in the beginning. See, as Christians, that's if you have saving faith, if you're a Christian, you have saving faith in what Jesus did for you on the cross, you have also been adopted into God's family. It's a common misconception that all human beings are God's children. While it's true we're all God's creation, we're not all God's children. A quick study of Ephesians 2 will clear that up for you really quick. Now, God loves his creation, but he has a special place for those who have chosen to allow him to adopt them into his family. And that's why today's sermon title is Adopted into His Family. So, okay, we don't have a sermon title. So let's break that down into 1 John 3, 1 through 3. That's the text we'll be in this morning. If you don't have your Bibles this morning, uh, you just look up on on the screen and it'll be there. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, 
that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Now, if we take these three verses and we condense them down into one main idea, we get this. Through faith in his son, God has given us the right to become his children forever. It is through faith in his son, Jesus, that God has given us the right to become his children forever. We did not have that right before the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as far as Christians go. Let's break those verses down and see why that's true, starting back in verse 1. John writes, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Look at that first part of that verse. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. What kind of love? Sacrificial love that God has given to us. It's a gift. God has given us this love because we didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything to earn it. It's a free gift. That is what salvation is. You see, when we were lost in sin, we were... We were um, basically under the law of sin and the curse of sin. We were trapped in our own sin. Our lives were about the things we wanted it to be about, about pride and sexual immorality and cheating and lying and stealing. It's a natural thing of a child born into a sinful world. So remember that love means sacrificially meeting someone's need. We needed a way to be made right. Jesus fulfilled man's greatest need for dying for us on the cross. Amen? That is man's greatest need that God had to meet in order for us to be made right, in order for us to have the option to become children of God. So what does that get us? Making, make, making the way. See, in the second part of that verse, it says that we should be called children of God, and so we are. You see, when we repent and we believe in the saving blood of Jesus Christ— we get the right. We believe in who Jesus was and what he did for us. We're forgiven and we're made right. And then we can become his children. You see, but not everybody is his child, like I said before. You look at the back half of that verse and John writes this. It's the reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him. He's kind of contrasting this believer versus non-believer. See, those that know God, those that know God as, as, as their heavenly father, we know hope, we know true love, we know purpose, we know joy. These are all the things that the world is searching for, amen? Everybody's searching for these things. We get them given to us by our creator, by our father. See, the world just simply doesn't understand these things because they don't know him. They don't understand our love and our zeal and our dedication to God. See, we walk by faith and not by sight. They walk by sight. One commentator said this, It's very sad 
The unbeliever does not have the correct view of their dignity, their privilege, and their enjoyments that come in being God's child. Think about that. They don't have a correct view of their own dignity. It, it, it's, it's their own privilege that they could become the children of God. And he ends with this. Here's the saddest part. It's right there in the palm of their hand the whole time. All they have to do is repent and believe. Because God wants all men to turn to him and repent and believe. Amen? God wants to know them and he wants to be known. But this brings us to our first point. Because of God's great love and sacrifice, we are given the right to be called his sons and daughters. It's because of God's great love that, and sacrifice, that sacrificial love, we are given the right to be called his sons and daughters. In verse 2, uh, John continues, Beloved, we are God's children now, those that believe. And what, will we, what we will be has not even yet appeared. But what we know that when we but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. He starts out this uh, this verse, beloved. We even just take a, a real quick look at that word. It means precious, adored, loved, much loved, favored, cherished, treasured, prized. We are his beloved. How awesome is that? We are treasured and prized by the almighty God of the universe. Let that sink in. This is a God that by the words of his mouth speaks forth galaxies. But he calls you treasured and prized. Little old us. To me, that's amazing. But it gets better. Look what he says next. God's children, we're God's children now. And what we will be has not even yet appeared. I got to go to a, a Marlins and Met game down in Miami a couple weeks ago. And I don't know about you, but I love to go to sporting events. I don't always get to do it. It's a little bit expensive, right? But I don't even care if I'm sitting way up in the cheap seats and just to be there at the game and the smells and the sounds of the crowd and, you know, of course, the stadium food, right? And all these different things. And you get to look and it's different than being uh, on TV. I'm a great baseball fan. I played baseball in high school. I kind of like to watch it on TV, but there's nothing like being there at the game. A couple weeks ago, my friend calls me up and he's like, you're not going to believe this. I got these tickets through a friend of a friend of a friend. They gave it to us for free. Would you like to go? I'm like, absolutely. These tickets were for the seats right behind home plate. This is where the owner of the Marlins, Derek Jeter, sits. We were three rows up from him. I'm like, absolutely. So in anticipation for this, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. We'll have the best seats in the house. This is going to be amazing. I had no idea what amazing was. We pull up to the stadium. These tickets came with the valet pass. Okay, so we pull up to the stadium. They take my friend's car and go. They usher us over this line. They scan our ticket. They give us this special wristband that has the power of the universe somehow, I think. 
They usher us through these glass double doors where there's a man in a suit acting like he's our best friend and he's known us forever. Welcome, come on in. I feel like I was at Willy Wonka's place. We walk into this beautiful restaurant where there's just everything that you could possibly imagine. It was mostly finger foods, but it was like uh, grilled mahi and scallops and all these wonderful things. And they're like, this is all complimentary, just so you know. Have your fill. So we missed the first inning. But anyway, so we sat... We sit down and we're eating and this is awesome. It's funny because we're at the stadium. I'm looking at my phone watching the game because I could hear the roar of the crowd. So we decide, all right, let's go out to our seats. So we op- it comes to this opening, like a little stadium opening, and we walk out. And on both sides of the wall, the stadium walls, there's these glass coolers like you're at a 7-Eleven. There's juices and waters and sodas and, every- and everything you could possibly think of. It's like walking by a 7-Eleven. They're like, by the way, feel free to grab anything you want on your way to the seats. So there's also a little cart, which was one of my favorites. It had popcorn, uh, peanut M&Ms, gummy bears, um, all these different things that you could just fill up on on your way to the seats. That wasn't even the best part. So we finally get down to our seats, and we're watching this game, and there's this guy named Marvin. He was what I called the food genie. I imagined stadium food, and he brought it to me. It was unbelievable. So there was two games going on. There was a game on the field, and then there was the game that was going on between me and Marvin of what could you possibly eat next? All complimentary, complimentary to these seats. Here's my point. We one day will be with God in heaven. But let me explain this to you. Whatever we envision that to be, You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen? By the way, that ruined baseball games for me forever. (laughs) See, we are as heavenly children now, but even though we're still living on this, we we still got to live on this earth, this sin-cursed earth. We're in our flesh. I mean, we blow it a lot. Um, I don't know about you, but my back is killing me this morning. I cannot wait to be in my glorified body. One day when we're with him, we're going to be like him. We'll get our glorified bodies, one that I don't have to do back stretches every morning to move. But also, it's, he says in here, we shall see him as he is. When I read this, I think of the book of Isaiah when God brought Isaiah up to the throne room of heaven. And he's looking at this seraphim, and it's, he's got all these wings, and he had a special set of wings to cover his eyes to shield him from the glory of God. This is an actual heavenly being that lives there that still cannot look on the full glory of God. And that verse right there says, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we will see him as he is. That is amazing. We'll be in our glorified bodies and we'll be with him in glory and we get to look on the glory and presence of God. I think we just ain't seen nothing yet. It brings us to our second point. We are his beloved children now, but we long for the day when we are united with him in glory. We are his beloved children. We are his treasure. We are his prize. But we don't, we don't, we don't want to be here. We long for that day when we have our glorified bodies and we get to look on the glory of God. And it reminds us, 
of our main point reminds us that we are adopted. Through faith in his son, God has given us the right to become his children forever. It's not something that we're born with this right. He gives us that right to become his children. All right, so our goal is to be like him and our goal is to be with him. John continues in verse 3 and he says, this process starts now. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. When we look at that, it seems kind of like, okay, so we have to get ourselves right because God is right. We have to purify ourselves, become holy because God is holy. That is not what it's saying. And thank God because we can't do that. We anticipate this meeting, and we do need to prepare ourselves, but we do it by repenting and believing in what Jesus says and does. It's the same way we're saved that we believe on what Jesus did on the cross to pay for our sins. It's the same thing. We believe on the power of Christ in our lives by repenting and believing what he says for him to continuously purify our hearts. There's many people out there that they feel like they have to clean themselves up and that one day God will love them more. The, the more junk they, they kind of kick out of their lives. Uh, last, uh, beginning of last week, uh, one of our customers that constantly comes in, uh, we have kind of a witnessing relationship. She knows I'm a pastor. So every once in a while she'll come in and she'll ask me a question. And that's one of my favorite things at the paint store because um, although I'm there repairing equipment and I work the front counter sometimes, I like to be a pastor. It's a lot more fun. So she came up to me and she says, listen, I've been going to a church uh, down in Naples for a while and oh, we're having a baptism and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, that's great. And she's like, I I'm thinking about getting baptized, but I just don't know. And I was like, okay, well, what's the problem? And she's like, well, you know, sometimes I still smoke and I still do things that I know as a Christian I shouldn't be doing, so I would just feel like a huge hypocrite getting baptized, so I should probably wait till I'm ready. And I'm just standing in front of her going like this. No, no, just shaking my head no. Listen, you're worrying about the wrong things. Now, yes, it's true when you become a Christian, God's going to remove things from your life. Some of it right away, and some of it's going to take a while. It's a relationship thing with him. God is the one that when you are saved promises to give you a new heart. He promises to make you a new creation. He doesn't sit around and wait for you to get it and somehow enact his plan in your life. There are things even in my own life I couldn't kick. There's personality flaws that you know I had issues with and struggles with. There's no way that I was going to be able to overcome them by myself. But through time, God is the one that does it. See, as we're children of God, we allow God to cleanse us and purify us by knowing him more through his word. It's being obedient to what he's calling you to do. That's our focus. Our focus is not on to fix our problems. It's on being obedient to what he says to do. As it says in Romans, it says, do not be like the, wor the world but it says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. God wants to do a work in you if you'll let him. He wants your heart. Which brings us to our last point. 
God is preparing us for our homecoming now by making us more like him every day. See, it's God, through our relationship with him, he's preparing us for our homecoming. We're we're in glory with him by making us more like him every day. But we do have to do our part by having that, our end of the relationship with him, reading God's word, meditating on it, and praying to him. That is our role. That's how we allow him to cleanse our hearts. So as Mike and the praise band gets ready, I just want to close. Remember what this this series is about. It's about testing our assurance. It's about testing our assurance of salvation. So I just want to go over what the points and, and what we learned today. Our first one was because of God's great love and sacrifice, we are given the right to be called his sons and daughters. It's not a thing we're born with. So I ask you this morning, church, have you become God's child? Have you given your heart to Jesus and have full faith in what he did on the cross? That is the first step. God will give you the right to become his child. Second, we learn, for those that have done that, We are his beloved children now, but we long for a day when we are united with him in glory. It's awesome to be called his beloved, his precious, his treasured, his prized, but we ain't seen nothing yet. There's probably a food genie up there, I'm hoping. God wants, being a child of God has benefits now, but I cannot wait till glory. Also, God is preparing us for our homecoming now by making us like him more every day. This is a process. Don't beat yourself up if you're not perfect. Because you know what? I'll let you in on a little secret. You're like the rest of us. But God wants to do a work in you. He wants to remove some of that junk from your life. But you have to allow him to do that through your relationship with him personally. I heard a great quote that said this, those who pursue the heart of God will one day have it. How awesome is that? Those who pursue the heart of God will one day have it. And we're reminded of our main point, through faith in his son, God has given us the right to become his children forever. Given us the right to be adopted into his family and one day we will get to dwell with him for eternity. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you and we give you all the glory that you have made a way for us to be made right. A way to be adopted into your family and to be called your beloved children. Help us to remember whose we are and that we can be made more like you every day through the cleansing of your word. We long for the day that we are made perfect and get to spend eternity with you in a world free from sin free from pain and free from sorrow. Lord, if there's anyone here today that does not know you as their loving Father, I pray that you speak to their hearts now and reveal yourself to them that they would receive the free gift of salvation today. Lord, I also just pray that if this message this morning reached and pricked somebody's heart, Lord, to make a change or to ask more questions. Find somebody, find a pastor, find an elder, find a friend that you respect as a, a mature Christian and get your questions found out. 
God wants to do a work in you today. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.